Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. And I'm excited about what we're going to open up today. Um, this message, we postponed it last week and it's called the Stowe Valley Barbell Club. What if God's church were a gym? And you know what? You don't have to, you do not have to like gyms at all to be blessed by this series because we're doing what Jesus did. Think about what Jesus did. He, he would be walking and he'd say, take a look at the sower. And he threw some seed and some fell on hard ground and some on shallow ground and some on thorny ground and then some on good ground. And then he talked about the fruit. I've never farmed in my life, but man, that, that thing paints a picture, right? And that's what we hope to do. There are so many parallels between a gym and building fitness disciples and building disciples of Jesus. So that's, that's what we want to do. We, we're going to pull off of those, those just beautiful principles that work in both places. And many of you know, I accepted Christ at the Still Valley Barbell Club. I want to just tell you how it started real quick to open up this series. I was a junior in high school and my family went out to California to visit relatives and we were staying with my aunt and uncle and Tony and I thought, hey, why don't we go on over to Gold's Gym. This is before it was famous. You had to read muscle magazines and be a muscle head uh, in order to even know it existed. This is before Arnold Schwarzenegger was famous, but he worked out there. So we said, let's go on over. We took a city bus and we had a blast. We stopped at UCLA University. It was on the way and hung out there. And then we went to Gold's Gym. It was right on the beach. And I'm a junior in high school. Tony's four years older than me. And we were so disappointed because Arnold was out of town that week, but we worked out with some other very famous people. And then the owner of the gym just took time. He took several hours and told us what we'd have to do if we came back to the Valley and started a gym. And they weren't franchising yet. Again, they weren't famous. We decided to call it Still Valley Barbell Club. That was appropriate for our Valley, right? And so we decided we wanted to do it. We came home and shared it with my mom and dad, they're, they're in California at my aunt and uncles, and, and they're saying, how are you going to do that? My dad doesn't want us to do that. Uh, my uncle wasn't happy because he wanted me to come out to California and take over his businesses when I graduated. And, and we're just like, no, we're going to do this. And so finally, my uncle said, all right, if you want to do it, I'll loan you the money. He wrote us a really big check so we could buy all the equipment, rent the building, set it all up. And so we began to do that the summer between my junior and senior year. And before I ever graduated, we opened up the Still Valley Barbell Club. And uh, I, I made our first advertisement flyer with those rub-on letters. It's really bad, but I thought I'd show it to you real quick. Here's what it looked like. And we bought some, some ads in the paper, had a great grand opening. And this is my brother Tony and I at the grand opening. And we were so excited. We were so excited about doing what was in our hearts to do. And... Then as we went on, uh, we learned so much. And now I'm looking back and I'm thinking, there are so many parallels between pastoring a church and running a gym and training people physically. So that's where the idea for this series came from. And I'm going to share a lot of stories, not only today, but in the days to come, share some fun stories and just parallel it. Just parallel it to church and parallel it to you. So I have a big idea for this lesson, guys. Here, here it is. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. It goes like this. Church is a connecting place designated to take you to your 
designated place. So it's designed to take you to your designated place. And I want to talk about that designated place because if you were to ask me what's the number one purpose for church, I would say, oh, it's to take every Christian to that designated place, a place that God designed for them to be. So that's the purpose of local churches. And it's the same in the gym world. I remember when we started Sill Valley Barbell Club, we had great membership coming in, sold hundreds and hundreds the first couple months, and it was going good, but I was out there looking for new members. So I went to see the coach of the Boardman football team because I heard they had a terrible facility at the time. I'm sure it's really beautiful now. And we had a way better facility. And I talked him into buying a membership for every single football player on the team. And I told him, I'll train them. I'll get them on diets. And what, what was interesting is he said, all right, these guys like linemen, I want them to put on 15, 20 pounds of muscle. These guys like defensive backs, I want to work on their speed and so on and so forth. So I designed everything for them. And, and really, I, I, I didn't know a whole lot, but I knew enough. And they came up to train. This is in 78 and 79. Bernie Kozar was a freshman and then a sophomore in those years. And I'd like to think I helped him win the national championship for Miami of Florida. And I'd like to think I helped him be one of the Browns, Cleveland Browns greatest quarterback coaches ever. But I didn't. I had nothing to do with it. It was just raw, great talent. But you know what? They did have an undefeated season in 1980. And I, I think it was the building up and the weightlifting. And when clients would come in, I'd just ask them, where do you want to be? And what's our goal? And you know what? That's the same exact thing you and I want to ask about church. It's, the question has to be, where do I want to end up? And God has created this designated place. So my heart is to take everybody that calls believers home Borman Campus, Warren Campus, TCI, our, our new traditional campus, and, and take us to where God wants us to be. And it's called, I call it the designated place. So I want to read a really cool scripture to you to help you understand your designated place. It's Jeremiah 1, 4, and 5. The Lord said to me, Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed within your mother's womb. That's, that's insane, right? Listen to this. Before you were born, I sanctified you and appointed you as dot, dot, dot. And we know that he was appointed to be a prophet to the nations and to Israel. And so God used him to speak things and declare things that were going to happen in the future concerning the nations that were around Israel. And it's pretty cool to read the book of Jeremiah. But I just put dot, 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 because it's, this is true of all of us. I'm not called to be a prophet. You don't have to be called to be a pastor, but, but God did this in every single one of your lives. And this is where significance comes from. This is what the local church wants to do. It's where it wants to help you come to. Jeremiah 1, listen to verse 5 again. I knew you before you were formed within your mother's womb. Mom and dad make the body and the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotion. Guess what God does? He makes the real you, your spirit man. And that's why he says, I knew you before you were formed. I knew you because he made us. And then he decided what body to put us into. And at conception, he just picks a body. And, and I, I am convinced of this. Uh, I grew up in a great home. I had great parents. My dad and mom were blue collar, but they were great parents. Some of you didn't grow up in such great environments. But here's what I know to be true. None of that matters. What matters is, what did God create you to be? 
And I'm convinced that God loves to take a, a, a calling, a, a spirit that was created to do some really cool things and put it in a situation that's really bad because he just wants to show off as God. And he does that with all of us. He just wants to show off and be God. So listen to this. Before you were born, I sanctified you. That means set you apart. So you were set apart before you were even born. And then he says this, and appointed you. That, that word appointed means to assign. So God assigned all of us to do something that's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely unique. I call it our designated place. And if you were to ask me again, what's the number one purpose of a church? I would say to get you there. We do all kinds of other things. We'll see that in a moment. But a very famous verse of scripture talks about the local church and what God wants us to do. Take a look at this, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. It reads like this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. This is the fivefold ministry gift. So evangelists go out there and bring people to Christ. And then apostles start churches. And then they move on and start another one. And they start another one. But all of this works through the local church. And we'll see that in a moment. God created the local church to have these fivefold ministry gifts come in and minister teachers. And then you have your pastor who's feeding you and ministering to you. And notice our purpose, guys, verse 12, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So my number one function is to equip you for what? That word works of service means for works of ministry. That is your designated place. And God has set up the local church to help you get to where you need to get. And there's all kinds of obstacles that are in the way. So that's why when Paul did the first ever pastor's conference, it's the first one ever, ever held, guys. And he has his pastor's conference. He's going to leave the region. He knows he's not going to see these guys ever again. This is in Acts 20. He knows, I won't see you again. And he's just sharing some really vital things and in verse 28, listen to what he says about pastors of local churches. Keep watch over yourself. Make sure you stay straight and narrow. And all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. And God's calling local congregations flock, flocks. We're all his flock, but he's calling these local congregations his flock. And then he says this, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. So we're overseers. And I really believe God draws people to the church they belong in. And he brings you to a church. He connects you there. And, and he takes us pastors. And our job is to shepherd God's people. And of course, we have associate pastors and leaders, connect group. We have all these people, connect group leaders, helping us do this very thing. But, but notice what he says. A shepherd, here's what three things that a shepherd does. A shepherd guides, protects, and feeds God's people. So one of our number one goals is to guide you into your designated place, the very purpose God made you. Sometimes it's within the church, sometimes it's out. It's the very reason you were born. And talk about significance. Uh, the enemy's always lying to us that we don't have significance, but you do. And then we're called of God to protect you. And we live in a world where there's a lot of false information and all kinds of things. So local churches are designed to protect people. They fall away. We have people that can go after them and bring them back and then to feed. And I remember when, when I, I learned this years ago, 
I understood it. I got it. And this is back when all we had was cassette tapes, guys. I got it. But then the internet came and podcasts and smartphones. And I remember many years ago now, it's probably been about five or six years ago. I just said to God, I was praying. I said, God, there are guys out there and ladies out there that are such better communicators than I am. They're better teachers. Why do you even need me? And I was just having this identity crisis. I know I'm supposed to feed people, but why do you even need me? And, and, and I know a lot of Christians sometimes think, I'll get it over here, I'll get it over here, I'll get it over here. But then God began to show me the guiding, the protecting. But then he spoke this to my heart. As good as those guys are, he said, encourage your people to listen to those people. Because most of them are specialists, and that's why they're so popular. They specialize in a certain area of the Bible. And sometimes you need to listen to those specialists. But even if they're pastors, guys, there's something about hooking up in a church and having a local pastor. Uh, God gives us things to feed you. And we, we, have, we have a valley that has a lot of great churches. And God gives all of us different things to teach. And there's a protecting element in the teaching. And I just remember God setting me free and saying, Joe, it's not who the best communicator is. It's who has my heart and who's feeding the flock that I gave them to feed. And it brought back some significance right away to me. And I just want to encourage you uh, to just talk about three things that a disciple of Jesus will do. And I want to compare it to gyms and trainers. And, it, and many of you are doing these three things. And if you're not, they'll change your life and they'll bring you to your designated place, because that's why God designed a local church, uh, to bring you to your designated place. And here's the first one. Uh, disciples commit. And this is really important. You know, when you go to a gym, you have to commit. You have to pick one. We have a lot of great gyms in the Valley. Uh, you have your Planet Fitness, your Global here in Trumbull County. You have Physique, and, and I'm not sure of any other specific ones in Mahoney County, but there's great gyms out there, guys. But you got to pick one. You got to buy a membership. You have to commit. And you buy that membership and that's you committing, saying, this will be my gym. This is where I'm going to grow physically and get in shape and all that stuff. Now, with a church, you don't have to pay any money to hook up, but you need to put some skin in the game. And you know how we commit in a church? We become a member. You just got to pick one. And you got to ask God, where do I belong? And there's that committing to a local church and it will change your life forever. And I'm preaching to the choir with most of you. I know that. But man, we, we saw thousands of shares last week. So I know this is going to other people and I'm encouraging some folks that aren't connected and, 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 and haven't committed to a church, right? So I thought it'd be cool to show you why people join gyms and why people join churches. And then I want to just show you the heart of God. So listen, listen to this. Why people join a gym. These are surveys that were done to get in shape. Great reason to join a gym. To stay in shape. Great reason to gain muscle weight, right? Strength training. For social interaction, really good. And for inspiration. You get around people that are really in shape and they inspire you to go at it even harder. That's why people go to a gym. Why don't people go to church? So, so they ask people, uh, th this is Pew Research, really, really one of the best research companies out there. They asked people that attended church one to two times a month. They gave them a list of reasons and they said, we want you to pick the top 10. So you would pick more than one. And it's amazing what people picked. It's, it's very telling 
And it's also very amazing. So I want to give you the top 10. We'll start with the first six. And it goes like this, to grow closer to God, 81%. And you know what? We exist to see a city connected with God. And we're all about getting people to grow closer to God. And here's what I found out. If we can get you to grow closer to God, you'll begin to hunger for your designated place. Why did God make me? What am I created for? That's a great first answer. Uh, to provide a moral foundation for their children, 69%. That's number two. What a great place to, to, to bring your kids and to have that foundation built in their life. Here's number three. Become a better person. That's, that's a great reason, 68%. Uh, I think number four is pretty cool. For comfort in times of trouble and sorrow, 66%. A little disappointed with number five. I was like, if we were here, I would, I'd have some fun with the crowd. But number five was they found sermons valuable. It's like, what? Number five? That should be way up there, right? And, and I understand. I understand. And then number, number six is to be part of a community of faith. An incredible reason to hook up in a local church. It's the last four that I think I want to exhort a few people with as you're listening. So here they are, the last four. Number seven, to continue the family's religious tradition, 37%. And there's nothing wrong with tradition, but some of you are stuck in churches that God's been dealing with you to leave. And you just want to, grandma went here, grandpa went here, mom and dad went here. I need to go here. And, and maybe you do, maybe you don't, but don't go to church just for tradition. You want to go there so that God can bring you to that designated place. You want to go there so you can be fed and protected and guided. You want to come closer to God, right? L listen to number eight. I feel a religious obligation to go 31%. You definitely don't want to go to church for that reason. You want to go so you can connect with God. Listen to this one. Uh, th th this says, uh, to meet new people and socialize. I, I think that's a great reason, 19%. We want to we connect in church. But then this last one, again, if I had a full crowd, I'd have some fun with this. To please my family, spouse, and partner, 16%. And you definitely don't want to go to church to please someone else. You want to go so that you can connect with God. Remember, church is a connecting place designed to take you to your designated place. And one of the most common things that I hear if I run into someone and they're not going to church anywhere, and I'm not saying people have to come just to believe it. You need to just pick a church, right? You need to commit. Um, but one of the number one things that I hear out there from people, and I'm sure you guys do too, those of you that are part of our body, is, hey, I don't need a local church. I, I'm part of the universal church, right? And that's half true because Jesus is the chief shepherd. So that's true, right? And there is a universal church. All of us are part of God's church. But God did create the local church. Jesus did say, I need some under shepherds to help my people get to their designated place. And I found this article. It's really cool. It, it, it has to do with gyms. And here's the heading. Man refuses to join local gym, claims he's just part of the universal gym. And I love this. I just love it. The parallels are amazing. So listen to the terminology. Uh, I'm going to read this little article to you. Uh, a local man, Tim uh, Rubido, he said, has refused to join a local gym, claiming instead that his membership is in the invisible universal gym. 
Should be enough to get him in shape, he said. Yeah, I'm not really into the whole organized fitness thing, but told reporters uh, starting stating that he's been burned a few times to, uh, by gyms that didn't cater to his every whim. I'm into fitness, but I'm not religious about it. And man, I just feel like I'm listening to some Christians. And can I do something right now, guys? I want to apologize for anybody that I've ever offended over the years. I want to apologize for other pastors who maybe hurt you or offended you, or maybe you saw something that really bugged you. And I just want to say, we are sorry, but you still need to pick a local church. And I've run into people over the years and they tell me, I'd go to a local church, but I can't find one within driving distance. And so I always tell them, if you live in the valley here, there's tons of good churches. And if you can't find a good church in the valley, you're the problem, not the churches. I realize there's some churches out there that aren't great. I, I understand that. And, and maybe, they, maybe they shouldn't even be there. I get it. But there are a ton of great churches. Here's, here's what it goes on to say. He also launched into a long diatribe about the hypocrisy of other people, he says, at the gym who are working out but aren't perfectly fit yet. That really turned me off. The whole institutional exercise thing, it's just not for me. And it's like church. You know, we always say no perfect people allowed. Of course, we're not all spirit. I'm not fully spiritual yet. But you know what? We're on a journey together. We don't want to use that as an excuse. And it goes on to state this. Rubido states that he simply exercises on his own time whenever he feels like it with no discipline, routine, or partners to keep him accountable. Nature is my gym. At publishing time, sources have been able to confirm that Rubido hasn't exercised in 14 years. And I think that's what happens with church, right? Uh, I'm not into that religious thing. I'm not into in institutional church. I pray on my own. But I think a lot of us are like, Mr. Rubido, we're, we're very similar when we're not hooked up in church. So first thing you want to do is commit. Again, I know, I'm, I know I'm preaching primarily to the choir, but I like the second one, guys, a lot. Here's number two. Disciples connect. You're going to hear our host, Kristen, talk about our e-groups, and we are so excited about them. You know, uh, this has been crazy not having a service. So I've been, you know, I've been coming to work every day, but I'm in my office all by myself and just making phone calls or doing Zoom meetings. And But I'm all alone, and I am just craving some fellowship with, with somebody, you know? And, and so we're doing that on the phone. But it's really helped us as a church. We've asked ourselves, hey, how can we connect in different ways? And we came up with some incredible things. So we're really excited about e-groups. And you, some of you have already heard about it. You're going to hear more about it. We're trying to reach each of you with a phone call. And we have a form you can fill out. If we don't have your number, we can't call you. So if you want, want somebody to connect with you, make sure you fill that out. But I thought this was interesting in connecting. So you, you commit to a church, but then you, you get involved, you know. Uh, you, you begin to go to connect groups, go through growth track, whatever it is. And I thought this was interesting on the physical side, the fitness side. The book Turbocharged released a study that discovered that workouts with others improve workout dura duration and motivation because they involve commitment. No shows and cancellations get noticed by others. How many of you would like to get your spiritual duration up, your ability to go further in God? There's something about connecting 
that causes that to happen. And this one was interesting. The study by the Journal of Sport and Exercise Psychology found that those who exercise with a more capable partner increase their performance. I like this by 24%. So a bunch of you are saying, I'm not working out with you anymore, Pastor. I got to find somebody else to get, get me up to that level, right? That's amazing. But spiritually, I think of our connect group leaders. I think of, you know, all the leaders here in the church. I think about what's happening in service. It's always taking us up, guys. It's just amazing what God's able to do when you and I connect. And listen to this proverb, Proverbs 13, 20. Become wise by walking with the wise, hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. In other words, translated, we become like the ones we connect with. And that's why in a local church, connection is so important. It's going to take you to the next level. I love this. One more scripture here. Proverbs 25, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I like that. So this week, Every time somebody I know and I've rubbed shoulders with here in a church comes to my mind, I'm giving them a phone call and just saying, hey, how you doing? Uh, and so I was driving in Thursday to do the Facebook Live, and I drove by my eye doctor, Dr. Chad Douglas, and I saw his place of business, and, and then I just began to pray for him, and I thought, I'm going to call him. So I call him at 3, and I go on live at 5, but I gave him a call. I said, Chad, how, how are you guys doing? How are you and, and Diana? How's, how are the kids? And it was amazing. I stole one of his phrases and used it on Facebook Live because one of the first things he said is, he said, you can't be a giant slayer unless there's giants. He goes, this virus is a giant. We're going to slay it. And he's like firing me up like crazy. I'm like, woo. I called him and he's exhorting me. And finally, I had to just say, hey, let, let, me, do a, let me do my job for a second. And so then I gave some exhortation too. But here's what I noticed. We sharpen each other. I think of the connect groups that I've been in and I've been involved with. And I think of how many connect groups I've led where I'm sitting there and someone else in the group is speaking and I'm taking notes. What they saw in that scripture has changed my life. And, and, and I'm just looking like, whoa, that went in you and came out. It sharpened me. And that's what connection is. So disciples commit, disciples connect. And this next one's really important. You ready for this next one? Disciples are committed. You just make a commitment to God that uh, not only did I commit and connect to church, God, I'm committed. I'm going to give it 100%. And it, it reminds me of a story. This is a gym story. And we were sponsoring the Mr. Youngstown contest, which would be bodybuilding, you know. So we're sponsoring that. We also threw in the teenage Mr. Youngstown. It's state sanctioned, which means if you win it, you can go to the next level. You can get into the state contest. And we were so excited about hosting it. So we had two guys in our gym. Uh, one, his name was Jim. And Jim had no God-given genetics. I mean, nothing. God didn't give him any muscle genetics whatsoever. But I'm telling you, Jim worked out. He was committed more than anyone I've seen. He ate a perfect diet. It was perfect. He worked out crazy, never missed a workout, worked out hard. I was blown away by Jim. And then there was this other guy. His name's Alvin. Alvin comes up right near the, you know, like six months before the contest, and he buys a membership. He is a junior in high school, went to Wilson High School. And he says, I want a membership. And he has this big bulky sweater on. I can't tell what kind of shape he's in. So he pays. And then he says, 
He says, I, I want to pay you to train me. And I said, what do you want to train for? Where, where do you want to go? What's your designated place physically? He said, I, I want to I win the teenage Mr. Youngstown, then I'm going to win the teenage Ohio. And I said, what you been doing up to this point? We're like six months away. He goes, I work out once in a while, I grab some weights. And he came in, by the way, eating some Twinkies. And so I'm like, okay. But then, then he said, well, let me show you. He takes off his, his sweatshirt and then he takes off his, his, his t-shirt and he looks almost like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Of course, he was really smaller, but he had that genetics. He was a genetic freak. And all the guys in the gym start, stopped working out just to come see this guy. And he's posing in the mirror. And I'm going, where'd you learn to do that? He goes, oh, on my own. I'm like, I said, I'll train you. I will train you. Yes, I'll train you. And so I'm thinking he's going to win and he'll go to Mr. Ohio, a teenage Mr. Ohio. He's going to win. But guess what? That guy, I couldn't get him to commit. I mean, he'd come up eating fries. Uh, and I'm saying, what are you doing eating fries? You can't eat fries. We're five months out. And, and then he's eating more Twinkies and junk food. And then he's not even trying on his workouts. He's missing workouts. And I just said, I said, there's no way you're going to win. He goes, who can beat me? And he is a genetic freak. I said, I said, someone's going to beat you bad. I said, I think a couple of people are going to beat you bad because you're, you're not committed. You're not committed. And I couldn't get him to commit. So the day of the contest comes. And so the, the, the older people, uh, Mr. Youngstown, Jim, the guy I told you about, no genetics at all. He won. He, he won Mr. Youngstown because he was so committed. It was amazing. No genetic help from God whatsoever. Elvin, I think it was third or fourth that he placed. And he was so disappointed. He looked at me and said, what happened? I said, Twinkies, fries, missing workouts. I said, that's, that's what happened, buddy. You were blessed. And we can get you to that, Mr. Ohio, eventually. But you have to be committed. And that's the same with us, guys. If you commit 100% and say, God, I'm going to follow you with everything I have. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. Of course, we need God's grace to help us do that, right? But there's something about committing to church, connecting, but then being committed that changes everything. Remember the parable of the sower? Jesus talked about the four soils. Here's where we all want to get, guys. This is when you're walking in your designated place. And, and I love this scripture. Mark 4, verse 20. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been, has been planted. And all it's talking about is the Bible growing inside of us and coming out and producing fruit, us ending up in that designated place, us overcoming fear and anxieties, us breaking chains off of our life. And that producing is all connected to committing. And if you and I can keep doing this, myself included, commit, connect, and be committed, God is going to bring you to that designated place he created you to be, and you're going to end up fulfilling the very purpose for your life. And that excites me. Nothing excites me more here at Believers than to watch people get to that place in our Borman campus, our Warren campus, TCI. It just blesses me to see people come to that place. And I know as we open up with this first lesson, God's speaking to hearts. And maybe for some of you that are listening, he's saying, you need to commit. You just need to pick a church and and become part of a church. And then for others, he's telling you, you need to connect. Take the next step and connect. There's iron sharpening iron. It's powerful when we connect, guys. And for some of you, God's saying, you were committed. You need to, 
recommit or you need to commit at a higher level. And I, again, I examine myself all the time for that area. So I want the Christians right now, uh, I want you to just begin to pray a little bit about that. And I want to speak to somebody that might be listening that's not sure of your eternity. Listen, Jesus died so you can live. The good news is you and I were born sin-stained, but Jesus died to wash it away. That's the good news. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I will save that person. I will save them. And right now, I'm not asking you to join believers. I'm not asking you to join any church. I'm not asking you to join a religion. The first step is, I'm asking you, what have you done with Jesus? He said, if you call on my name, I'll save you. He died for your sins. God raised him up from the grave. He said, if you call on my name, I will save your very soul. I'll wash your sins away. I'll make you a child of God. So right now I'm asking, can you remember a day in your life when that's something you did? And understand, I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. Not a bad thing, but I'm not asking that. I'm not asking if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. Great things. That's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm asking you, have you ever said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven and I accept you as my Savior. And if you're listening, you say, that's not me. Somebody sent this to you for a reason or you clicked on for a reason. This is your day. Would you pray with me right now? This is a day you'll always remember. Pray with me right now. And everyone else in your homes, just stay in that attitude of prayer and just say this after me if you're praying it for the first time. Say, Father, I realize I was born sin-stained. And today I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. I accept you as my Savior. And this day, I call you Lord and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Now, hey, if you were in a service, we say, we want to give you a Bible. Let us know you accepted Christ. Hey, we have a Bible waiting here for you. And once church resumes, man, come in and get your Bible. Guys, I'm so excited that none of us are mistakes, that God created us to find our designated place. And we pray for you a lot concerning that. God's walking you to it if you're not already in it. Some of you are in it, but it's going to change down the road. God's going to take you a little higher this way or that way. But let's go through the week thanking God that he separated us and gave us an assignment before we were ever born. That's amazing. Let's make a decision to commit, connect, and be committed. It will change us forever. So as we close out, I'm going to turn it back over to our host, Kristen. Guys, we'll be on Facebook Live on Thursday, so I hope, hope to connect with you again there. Have an incredible week. We're praying for you. We care about you. And remember, God is working for your good. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. 
the best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.